Guess who's back? Back again. Guess who's back? Tell a friend. Keep Guess going. who's back? Keep going. Guess who's back? Guess who's It's me. I'm back. And me. This is true. <laughs> yes. Yes, listeners, for you, there's been no break in the weekly conversations that we've been having. Yeah. But for us, I was out of the country for a couple of weeks. And I went to a neighborhood that was different than the neighborhood I live in in Chicago. So Josh and I have both had adventures recently. Yes, we've gone <laughs> Josh in Japan, from- <laughs> me in Wicker Park. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We've both gone on grand adventures that we'll tell our children about. (laughs) Uh, Our buddy Josh was in Japan for six and a half months. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Or so it felt like. Yeah, it was a long time. It was a long trip. Folks, there was a typhoon. I'm fine. Yeah, well, caused by you. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if it was. Yes, I had too much pent up energy. Uh, Do you know what we should do? Okay, have you ever done uh, the Rose. Have I ever made you do The Rose? So The Rose is a game uh, similar to one that the Kim Kardashians do. Um, where it's the blossom is the best thing. The thorn is the worst. And the bud is what you're most excited about. Uh, give, me your, give me your rose for Japan. Well, I would say that... The thorn was definitely the 36 hours in which I didn't, in which there was a typhoon and an earthquake. And I was very worried about both safety and getting home. Mm-hmm. Um, and you had to like, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but spoiler alert. Sometimes Josh and I talk not on the podcast. Josh. Infrequently, you, but yes. Infrequently. Josh, you had to like go get supplies. I did. I went to a 7-Eleven and stocked up on a shit ton of ramen and chocolate. That's so crazy to me. Yeah, it was, it was, and I don't want to make light of this because it was actually a very, very yeah. crazy storm. It happened to have missed Tokyo, which was very, very lucky. It would have been way worse, but yeah. it hit a bunch of regions really hard. So uh, look up charities that might be helping there. That yes, would be a great and we'll place post some as money. well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, uh, I stocked up on Pocky and uh, on like various different weird types of ramen at, uh, at Japanese 7-Elevens. That's very surreal to think of like having to prepare for a storm and you're just like in a hotel. Yeah. yeah and not that I'm prepared in my own home, but yeah, yeah definitely. That's like your familiarity. Yeah. Different. I had a lot of time just sitting there, which made me do a lot of research on bug out bags. Mm. Um, also, so the, uh, what was the other ones? Like the actual flower? Oh, your blossom is the best part and your bud is what you're most excited about. Would you love to get creative? Because we're talking about a past trip here. <laughs> yes, this is great. <laughs> yeah, so the blossom was um, two things. Mm-hmm. One. Okay, t- weird rose, I guess. Yeah. I'll allow. Well, it's, <laughs> I, I don't know. It's I'll like, allow it. Yeah. So the very earnest answer is that I did a solo trip and it felt like I was it, it was a really freeing and wonderful experience to just do that by myself. And be able to navigate in a foreign country where I didn't speak the language. Also, I went to Tokyo and had the best pizza of my fucking life. Pizza? I know. I was not expecting this. I had lots of wonderful um, Japanese foods. And that was the majority of what I had. But also, there's this small little Neapolitan pizza place that was so effing good. You're telling me there's a California pizza kitchen in Tokyo? (laughs) Yep, that's what it was. (laughs) And I made friends. And we all waited two and a half hours to get in there. And then it was worth it. And it was great. Yay. Um, and then my bud, what I'm most excited about. You know how when you take a vacation mm-hmm. and you land back in your home and you're like, ha, ah, 
that was great. It's great to be home. I really enjoy my apartment. All those kinds of things. Yes. And then within five hours, you're like, what is my next vacation? Yeah. <laughs> and you're just Googling flights already. That's what I've been doing. Welcome to Being Earnest, a very sincere podcast. I'm Josh. I'm Paula. And we're here to bring you the sincere and earnest news of the day. Aww. We have a great topic today. We do. What's our topic, Paula? Cozy. Cozy. Because it's cold outside now. Yes, I came yes. back and it became fall. Oh my gosh. Fall. I have a coworker who is, who is a, a very delightful person uh, and she just moved here from L.A. Oh, and, God oh bless my God, her soul. God bless her. <laughs> she walked into work the other day and was like, oh my God, it's so cold. She was wearing full on winter coat. She was wearing like long underwear and a long sleeve shirt and a sweater. And it was like, it was like 55 degrees. And I had to be like, oh no, honey, this is a nice day. No, 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 no. Like last winter, it got to negative 55 degrees. I was, it was, it was so upsetting. Cause it was like, I was like, there's no way I can prepare you. Like you just, you just used up all your resources. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's what the trick is of living in a cold place is when it starts to get cold, you have to like kind of add on one little layer at a time. Yes. So that way it builds. Yes. It's a and mind she game. She went all it's in. It's a mind game. Yes. Because what you have to, I talk about this with one of my friends, Jared, friend of the podcast all the time. Hello, Jared. Um, You can't break out your ultimate winter coat no. until you absolutely have to. Yes. Because you cannot let yourself think that there is a you cannot let yourself know that there's not another layer of yes. coziness and warmth that you can't achieve like you need to know that there is another layer until there really is the point of no return or yeah, else you, you really gotta go all it. in yeah yeah so i think to start the cozy episode i think we have to define cozy yeah definitely you know we have to pull a we have to pull a high school graduation speech Merriam-Webster defines success as... Well, Merriam-Webster does define cozy <laughs> as, one, enjoying or affording warmth and ease. Mm-hmm. So, like, snug. So, mm-hmm. for example, a cozy lakeside cabin. Okay. Or, marked by or providing contentment or comfort. One by a cozy margin. Ooh. Okay. Like I did not easy. think of cozy as that the... I, I did not think of that as a cozy definition, but that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a New York Times crossword puzzle word that they use all the time for like, oh god! It's they use it all the time for a win where they win easily, and yeah. I cannot remember what it is, but it's basically the it's basically that cozy. Yeah. yeah, they also love to say a street in Grand Paris, and it's always rue. Rue, yeah. Every single time they're using rue, 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 and maybe it's because I'm. I'm going to be honest with you, Josh. I'm looking you dead in the eye. Mm-hmm. I'm only doing the Monday puzzles. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they, maybe if I was doing more complex puzzles, but we're not there yet. You know what I think I'm thinking of is that it's just barely winning and it's eeks. E-K-E-S. Yep, it is. Yep, <laughs> yep. Another definition here from our from M&W is marked by the intimacy of the family or a close group. So, for example, we had a cozy dinner with the whole family. Or marked by or suggesting close association or connivance so having a cozy agreement or his political opponents accused him of getting too cozy with powerful companies Ooh, spooky (laughs) topical so that's how they define it but i think it is interesting that this is a word that is so subjective Mm -hmm. that everyone kind of knows what cozy means yes but if each of us tried to pin it down, it would be very different. Yeah. 
what's another word like that? Like, um, like how do you like define? Um, how do you find define something so undefinable? Like salad. What are you talking about? Like salad. Like salad. The word salad. If we took, if we tried to define, I don't want to get too off topic here. But if we tried to define what a salad is based on everything that we call a salad. We would it's define a salad. It's undefinable. Are you kidding me? How is tuna salad the same thing as a Caesar salad? Throw that out the window. You know what a salad is. No, they're both yes, technically salads. It salad. is a thing and dressing. No, it's not because it is because tuna salad is basically like a pudding almost. Oh my god, that is the <laughs> grossest sentence I've ever it's, heard. It's the plum pudding model, like how they were Josh, thinking about I molecules. I was talking about like how do you define world peace, <laughs> <laughs> and you look at me dead in the eye and say salad. Salad is oh, it's like sandwiches. Salad. No, it's- first off, sandwiches. Wow. Uh, two. If I looked at you and I said, Josh, I made a salad, you wouldn't be, be like, what in the hell does she mean by that? Like you would kind of know what I mean by that. Yeah, and I kind of know what you mean by cozy, but if we get right down to it, it's going to be different every time. So to kick it off, uh, what I think would be fun is if we each describe our version of cozy. Okay. No, wait. What if? Um. What if? What if we describe the other person? Like what we think they would think cozy is. Okay. Okay. Uh, Do me. Okay. Okay. Um. Okay. So, Josh, you're like a a, like um, you know, you're like a little boy prince. Um. (laughs) Fair. <laughs> so I think maybe a blanket. Yeah, I, I've been known like to blanket. A kind of, I would say like a fort-like atmosphere. Like maybe not necessarily building a fort, but I'm picturing like, you know, like like little like dim lighting kind of situation. I do like I do like being able to use natural light or a, or a side lamp as opposed to my overhead lighting. Yes. I get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, uh, I've been known to have a, a throw or an afghan yes yes yes. <laughs> he has one of those fancy afghans <laughs> i side note growing up my parents had an afghan that they were given for like their wedding mm-hmm. and it is incredibly comfortable because it's just so warm and wonderful but also you can like stick your fingers through the little yeah you just destroy it <laughs> oh, um, God. i uh, uh um so what else okay so i think uh okay i think josh is reading I think he's reading a book. Uh-huh. I think he's reading either like a really dense fiction book or a nonfiction book about something um, that like, like, oh, I didn't realize this was so interesting. You know, like the history of the thimble or something like that. Uh, am I right, though? Rude. Am I right? <laughs> no, you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then um, I, you're drinking tea. Yep. Like a hot little mug of tea yeah, 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 and you hold it as a little handle and then your, your hand on the other side, uh, or wine. It's the only way to get both or hands wine. Yes. Or, or, or like wine. a, like a red wine. Yeah. Well, why drink? You don't drink white wine to be cozy. And, and uh, <laughs> you're definitely playing a record. Y- yeah. You definitely are playing a, a vinyl. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, I am. and the lyrics are like real, like real, like introspective. Yeah, it's it's Andrew Bird. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 Uh, and also, I think that um, I think that you found a recipe on Bone App. Bone App. Bone App. Bone Appetit. Not B A. Not Bone Appetit, but Bone App. Everyone knows what I mean. Uh, you found a recipe on Bone App, and it's like a stew or something, and it's you're cooking it in the kitchen. <laughs> Um, 
Did it's, I, prob- I, it's probably uh, uh, roast chicken, but yeah. yes, that's. Did yeah. I nail it though? Yeah, you. Yeah, you. Uh, that was. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was. Um, Ta-da! <laughs> yeah, I am completely seen. At this <laughs> <point>. <laughs> um, I will say the other thing that if it's not red wine and or tea, is it would be like I'm a big fan of apple cider. And yeah, like, not like al- alcoholic cider, like the jugs of apple cider. Yeah. Um, or like turning it into a warm mold cider. Yeah. Like, like you that. went to Mariano's and you got all the little spices. Yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah I've yeah. done that. I did that for a party last year. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> all right. My turn. Yeah. Okay. Listeners at home, I'm going to paint a word picture of Paula's perfect, most comforting, cozy spot. So I think it starts with the ambiance. <laughs> okay. It's not, we'll get to your activities. Okay. And potentially how you're cozy, getting yourself cozy. (laughs) But first, it's got to start with the TV that's on in the background. (laughs) And it's playing Seinfeld, or it's playing Impractical Jokers, (laughs) or it's playing the Cabanaro Effect, (laughs) which is your new love. Oh, my new love. (laughs) (laughs) Any one of those shows. It's a true TV show or Reruns of Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's something a dad would watch. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think, like, half the lights are on. Yeah. I think. Um, not all the lights, but some of the lights. And one of them. And one of the lights is on not where you are. It's yeah. like on the, a different couch and <laughs> somewhere. And I'm too, I'm not getting up. You're not getting up because you're under a blanket or two. Yeah. You're sitting on the couch with your back on the arm of the couch. Like you're sitting long ways on the couch. You're not sitting where like if you were facing forward on the couch, you're sitting sideways on the couch. No, how do you know that? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, There's at least one blanket and at least one throw pillow involved. Mm -hmm. Probably behind you. And then also on your lap, where your laptop is, (laughs) you are sitting there. She loves a multitask. (laughs) Where you're either writing mm-hmm. or saying that you're writing okay. <laughs> and you are harsh <laughs> but fair <laughs> and you're killing me softly <laughs> and you are uh either reading an article or watching a video mm-hmm. on there and i think the video is like either a bone app video bone app. <laughs> yes and it, it there's really no in between these it's either like a very journalistic, like hard hitting reporting story from a reputable news source. Yes. Or it's like, which LaCroix are you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, and you're wearing a turtleneck and a sweatshirt. <laughs> this is very freaky because that's all really accurate. <laughs> like to the to the articles that I'm reading. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, that is that is Pete Cozy. Yeah, well, love to multitask. Pete Cozy is a term. There's like there's a term for it from the Danish. Huga, Huga, Huga. Well, it is. It's the word. It, I don't even know how to say it, but it's it's spelled H Y G G E. Yeah, I think it's Huga. 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 Our our uh, our good friend Meredith, good friend of the pod. Meredith. <laughs> Uh, is a big Hugo fan. Yeah. And it's, I'll tell you what, makes the place feel cozy as hell. Her house is the the coziest place I've ever been. So Hugo, mm-hmm. and not Huga, Huga Chaka, Huga, is this insensitive? <laughs> um, is a Danish word used when acknowledging a feeling or moment, whether or alone or with friends, 
at home or out, ordinary or extraordinary, as cozy, charming, or special. I love that. It seems like the best feeling and also... uh, Wow, pretty wide definition there, Hugo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I feel like that's that's like the Danish version of being like, oh, you know that good thing? Dips, 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 that's yeah, right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> tam, 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 that's Danish, tam, tam, tam. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know that thing of uh, when you're by yourself or you're with friends and it feels really special and you're either at home or you're at somewhere else and it's just like you're having a good time? Tam, 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 that's ours. <laughs> has, anyone, has anyone trademarked good? 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 <laughs> off. Uh, oh, fun, 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 special, special. That's ours. That's ours. That's ours. 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 That's a Danish thing. Yeah. That's a Danish thing. <laughs> We've got the pastries and this, <laughs> this and this, and, and maybe Legos. I'm not sure. That's ours. <laughs> but I think uh, I think uh, you uh, nailing me with the um, with the the Seinfeld or um, Carbonara effect, uh, <laughs> which I do want to touch on. <laughs> And we know I've gone on this rant, but uh, I have to officially go on the pod. Can I describe the carbonara effect to you? Yeah, please. Okay. So the carbonara effect is a magic show. Mm -hmm. And he does surprise magic. So it's essentially a prank show. And then he's like, surprise, it's magic. Right? (laughs) Sure. Okay. Uh, And it's different from a prank show shrug. I'm not sure. Yeah. But either way, well, I think it's different from a prank show because in a prank show, they're like, look, it was a prank. And in this one, he's like, it was magic, which is not a good explanation for anything that's happening. Certainly not. Uh, And I had it on while I was editing the last episode of Being Earnest. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're doing a behind the music episode. We're doing a behind the music episode. And uh, I, uh, (laughs) it was like going in the background. It was a. Whatever. So you were cozy. I was very cozy. Well, I would say it was cozy up until about 1.30 in the morning when my computer decided to delete a bunch of stuff. But we made it We made it through. And I discovered on the carbonara effect, at the end of each trick, he says to the person witnessing it something along the lines of, I guess that's what they call the carbonara effect. <laughs> and every single time, the reaction is them going, and it was killing me he says it like it's candid camera Uh except they do not know or like punked like he said it like you got punked he says it in the most earnest way i've ever heard like he'll be like oh i don't know how that happened i guess it was the carbonara effect and then people are like huh (laughs) and he's like i guess i would describe it as a magic show and they're like Okay. Like, and then he has to be like, which you're on right now. <laughs> exactly. And, it, and the producers have not thought of any better way to reveal it than that. It's, it's so good. And I'm sure it like works to his advantage that people don't know it. Like, yeah, but it, it films in Chicago. Uh-huh. So it's all just a bunch of like Chicago. See, I'm wondering now if I've been on the Carbonaro <laughs> effect. It's like, whatever, and buddy. And we're just like, that's the city life for you. Like, just give me my fucking coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't fucking care that there's a fairy in it or whatever. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, but it's like all these like haggard Chicago people being like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> What's the Carbonaro effect? <laughs> oh, that's that pasta. Yeah. Yeah, I got the, the same as Jardinar. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, okay. <laughs> well, but I think that there's something to comfort media like that, right? Yes. Where like, 
watching something that's so repetitive like that becomes fun. Yeah. Because or something that you've seen a thousand times or yes. whatever it might be. It's it's there's something to that too, like from a mental health perspective, from a yeah. just like a multitasking perspective. Yeah. And I mean, what do I know about science? Answer absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. The science course I took in college was uh, the one that they give to arts kids. Okay. <laughs> Interpret- what was it? Uh, in, it was uh, the history of nuclear weapons. <laughs> and uh, the final project, it was like, it was, they were trying to be like, it's science, but with art. And then we had to like make a final the project. Of, of, the of, art of war. Yeah. Of <laughs> anything you wanted. And it, I mean, the guy of taught, anything you want. Yeah, you had to just like you were put into a group, and like the 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 man that taught it was like a doctor and like extremely smart. And there were a couple of like science guys like fin- rounding out their major, and then there was just like a bunch of like us arts kids like in it. And all these science guys got up and like did a presentation, made like a really in depth PowerPoint, and then we were like, we wrote a spoof of an Eminem song about the bomb. <laughs> oh Jesus! So yeah. Um. Anyway. Uh. Yeah. Getting back to that comfort media. Sure. What's your comfort media? Uh, I, I think you nailed it. It's it's like it's definitely like a like a Seinfeld or something yeah, yeah, yeah. for me. Like something that you've seen so many times that your brain. That's what I was gonna say. It's like it's like I think the science behind it is that like your brain knows what's coming, right? So you don't have to be engaged because like you you already know the answer to it, right? So it feels comforting, and it's probably the same reason why like. I mean, so many rom-coms are popular, like, right, stuff like that, like, you know the ending. Yeah, it's not, it's not, there's nothing scary about it, because you know that it's all about how it happens, not what's gonna happen. Yeah, exactly. And I, I get that sometimes, too, where I'm like, even with um, my favorite shows, or, like, new episodes of podcasts, especially, I'll kind of be multitasking, and then I'll have to stop and be like, no, 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 I do want to listen to this. Right. Because I assume all of our listeners, like, go into a soundproof room and just sit down and listen to our episode and Honey, really think about it way. every time. <laughs> um, but it's, uh, there's something to that kind of, like, just the comfort of, like, these are on the TV or in your ears or whatever yeah. it is. Like, these are almost your friends. Yes, that totally. Are, that are there. And, and even if you know what's going to happen or you don't know what's going to happen, it's it's this safe space. Yes. Um, for me, a lot of the time it's, um, I feel very much like I listen to certain musical artists mm-hmm. at certain times of year. Maybe I might listen to them all year, but I listen to them more there. Mm-hmm. So, for example, like Hosier, Hoosier, Hosier, oh, whatever. Yeah? Can't listen to him in summer. No, he's not. He's a, a winter s- boy. He's a winter boy. And, yes. But like, it's very, it feels very comforting in that moment. Also, we um, get real earnest here. Okay. So uh, permission um, granted. So I think comfort media is also super important for like, not just so that you can feel safe and warm and like you can do other stuff and you can block out all the uh, crazy, terrible things that are happening in the world by putting on some white noise. It's also about like calming yourself down or mm-hmm. focusing or whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, and so I, uh, one of my pieces of comfort media is the like 2000, 2001 James Taylor album, October Road. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I guess I didn't realize I was hosting a pod with my father. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, two things. One, I've been going on 55 this entire time, so you should have known that. (laughs) And secondly, uh, no, this is a late James Taylor album. This is not a 70s James Taylor height of his powers album. This is a James Taylor decided to put out another album and just like keep talking about like roads and Western Massachusetts. (laughs) 
and feelings and helping me become a better man. Uh, <laughs> so did 11-year-old Josh find this album on his own? No, and- so this was, I think, 8-year-old Josh. So my mom and I, the first play I was ever in, I was in with my mom. There's a theater company in my hometown where it's actually a really amazing organization because um, it's purposely multi-generational. So anyone who auditions can be whatever age. So you can, as long as you're eight years old, you can do it. And what's really amazing is that if you have, um, if you were uh, non neurotypical, Mm -hmm. you automatically are cast. Oh, that's amazing. It was a really amazing experience in terms of like a giving opportunities to folks who uh, may not have that opportunity. Yeah. And then also like just, especially as an eight year old being like, this person has down syndrome Yeah, and they're another person and you're in the cast with them and you're, that's it. Yeah. That's it. They're not different or scary or yeah, you're well, becoming they, friends they with everybody, but not in a way that is scary or wrong or whatever it might be. Yeah. You're just working on projects together. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what a cool organization. Yeah. But so it was my first play ever. And my mom and I, we're both in it. it okay. Was Annie, get your gun. Okay. Amazing. My mom was Annie Oakley. <gasps> the lead. What? <laughs> Wendy was the lead? Wendy Linden, the lead of. Uh, oh my God. I love this. Okay. Amazing musical. But so every time we would I'm gonna go. I'm going to see it. Go, you, there's actually probably a video of it. Thank God. In my parents. There's a DVD somewhere. Yes. I want to see it. Um, so we would drive to rehearsal like five minutes. So really the first song on the October road album. Yeah, like I've never heard any of the rest. Yeah. I've like kind of heard the other ones, but like that first song is very important to me in a way of like, well, okay, let me just settle down. Let me focus. Let me do whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's definitely like, I guess my experience similar is like the music your parents listen to. And then you're like, okay. Like as a kid, you're like, Oh, Give me, I mean, what was I listening to? Literally as a kid, old timey commercial jingles and 50s music. So, you know, whatever. Um, But you would be like, ugh, parent music. And then now it's like, oh, I enjoy this. (laughs) This is good music. What's your, do you have comfort music? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I mean, I definitely like, my dad was a big uh, Billy Joel fan. My parents loved John Denver. Oh, wow. Uh, and I can't, I still cannot stomach John Denver. <laughs> Got it. Okay. <laughs> That's one of those that did not carry over. Uh, they were definitely like, like the Beatles was a big one. Um, definitely like a old country, like Merle Haggard, oh, Willie Nelson, yeah. Johnny Cash, like, and that I can get behind. Um, let me stress though. No, John Denver, <laughs> please. No. no Blue Ridge Mountains. Oh no, no, no. Uh, Shenandoah but, river. Uh, I, Life is old there. No, Older than the trees. No. <laughs> Younger than the mountains. No. Blowing back the breeze. Ugh. Take me home. No. And if I was in a bar and that started playing, I'd be like, this place. is my favorite. Um, I belong <laughs> West Virginia. No, overrated. <laughs> mama. Take me home, country road. Uh, I, I think the, the reason I don't like John Denver is because to me, and even as a child, I think I inherently knew this, I get a real uh, guy who brought his guitar to the party vibe. <laughs> <laughs> That's very fair. I get like a real like, Oh God, now we have to listen to John. <laughs> Great job, John. We love it. And you're like, I don't love it. I get the same vibe from Ed Sheeran. Um, <laughs> the the one though that like really, really, really sticks with me is like Billy Joel. Cause my dad loves Billy Joel and I love Billy Joel. <laughs> sure. I've been to two or three Billy Joel concerts like on my own. Oh wow. Love him. Cool. Love Wonderful. Him. That's why I have this full tattoo. Yeah. 
Paula, I have a brand new segment for us. Go on. And it's a little bit spooky. Because right now, it's a little bit spooky. Because it's almost Halloween. It's almost Halloween. And it's one of those weird years where Halloween falls in the middle of the week. So you're not sure which weekend is Halloween weekend. It's double like Halloween. Yeah, double Halloween. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm going to tentatively call this segment Cursed Out. Cursed Out. So, <laughs> nee, 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 nee. <laughs> sure, this one's also Highway to Hell. <laughs> <laughs> highway to Cursed Out. <laughs> so Cursed Out is a segment that I've just created where we're going to talk about curses and hexes and cruel twists of fate. Yes. That are incredibly endearing and earnest. So I learned about this one while I was in Japan. And this curse is a baseball curse. Aren't they all? And it has to do with the Hanshin Tigers, who are a major baseball team in the Japanese Baseball League out of Osaka. Okay. And this curse is called the Curse of the Colonel. (gasps) So just a little bit of backstory. Curses in baseball are a big thing. We live in Chicago. There was a curse of the billy goat. Mm-hmm. which was that the Cubs were never going to win a World Series because they refused a goat into their stadium. Mm-hmm. The uh, Re- Red Sox had a had a curse because of fever pitch. <laughs> <laughs> Just didn't do as well in the box office as they thought. Right, exactly. Yeah, no, uh, from trading Babe Ruth from mm-hmm. 1918, the curse of the Bambino. Mm-hmm. The curse of the Colonel's a little bit wackier than those ones. So I'm going to read this from Wikipedia, our good friends, the doctors of Pedia. Mm-hmm. Curse of the Colonel refers to an urban legend regarding a reputed curse placed on the Japanese Kansai-based Hanshin Tigers baseball team by deceased KFC founder and mascot Colonel Harlan Sanders. Wait, what? Our Colonel Sanders? Our Colonel Sanders. Well, why why did he hate this baseball team? The curse is said to be placed on the team because of the Colonel's anger over treatment of one of his storefront statues. (gasps) which was thrown into the Dotanbori River by celebrating Hanshin fans following their team's victory in the 1985 Japan Championship Series. As is common with sports-related curses, the curse of the colonel was used to explain the team's subsequent 18-year losing streak. <gasps> Some fans believe the teams would never win another Japan Series until the statue had been recovered. They've appeared in the Japan Series three times since then, losing every time that they went there. Is there a happy ending? No, they've still haven't it's won. It's still cursed. It's still cursed. So, so Josh, we have to go rescue that statue. <laughs> yeah, we so, have to go save it. Yeah, the um, basically what happened was the they took their first and only victory in the Japan series, largely due to the efforts of Star Slugger Randy Bass, uh, who was later a state senator from Oklahoma, um, an American playing on the teams. A f- the fan base went wild, and a riotous celebration gathered. At a bridge in like what is like the main street in Osaka. There, an assemblage of supporters yelled the players' names. With every name, a fan resembling the member of the victorious team leaped from the bridge into the waiting canal. However, lacking a a Caucasian... (laughs) Yeah, like in effigy. (laughs) Everyone jumped. Lacking a Caucasian person to imitate MVP Randy Bass, the rabid crowd seized a plastic statue of Colonel Sanders. Like Bass, the colonel had a beard and was not Japanese. <laughs> from a nearby yeah, two KFC. Things in common. <laughs> from a nearby KFC and tossed it off the bridge as an effigy. 
According to urban legend, the impulsive maneuver cost the team greatly beginning the curse of the colonel. <laughs> Uh, and they won't get it until the statue was recovered. Subsequently, numerous attempts have been made to recover the statue, often as part of a variety TV show. Oh, my God. I am a, I'm, I'm picturing this scene playing out like a cartoon where Colonel Sanders is in, in his office, right? Surrounded by chicken. Mm-hmm. And he's standing out at the window with like his hands behind his back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he's just going down the list of statues in the world, just checking on them. Yeah, right. And then he goes... You know, he's like, Tokyo, and they're like, good shape. And he's like, Kyoto, and they're like, good shape. And he goes, Osaka, and they're like, Mr. Sanders. Colonel. Colonel. <laughs> he goes, please, Colonel. <laughs> please call me Harlan. <laughs> please. Harlan, Colonel. They go, well, we have bad news about the Osaka one. And then they tell him, about, they tell him that they threw it in the river. And he looks out the window, and he just starts mumbling. Under his he ring. Mu- he starts mumbling the secret recipe. <laughs> Of all the herbs and spices. Of all the herbs and spices. And it kind of sounds like it's in tongues. And they go, what should we do? And he goes, I think we've done enough. (laughs) (laughs) That's why no one can know the full recipe. It's because it's actually dangerous. It's a curse. It's a curse. (laughs) Josh, I'm not done. um, I think I'm not done ranting about Billy Joel yet. Sure. Okay. I really need us to take a, take a second and I need us to talk about the song Piano Man. Sure. Because I was re-listening to it the other day. Because mm-hmm. it's our national anthem. We have to do that every so often, it's right? It's just anthem. respectful. Yeah, it's that and every Bruce Springsteen song. Yeah. <laughs> the national anthem is more like a national album. Yeah, it's Thunder Road. Also, a couple, <laughs> a couple songs from Hamilton. <laughs> um, can I tell you, I think, my problem with Piano Man? Sure. The entire song is a humble brag. Oh, go on. Like the entire concept of the song Piano Man is that a bunch of losers are in a bar. <laughs> and literally there's a line that's like, they know that it's me that they're coming to see. That's Billy Joel singing about himself. Uh-huh. The chorus is, sing us a song, you're the piano man. Sing us a song tonight. Because uh, we're in the mood for a melody. Yep. And you've got us feeling all right. Like the entire concept of the song is, Hey man, a bunch of losers. Let me list them. Let me list them fucking off. Come to a bar, <laughs> and kind of the one thing that takes them out of their shitty little lives that they're doing nothing with is watching me, piano man, <laughs> sing my beautiful piano melodies. <laughs> That's crazy, you, piano man. <laughs> That's crazy. You know, it- Our lives would be so terrible if we didn't have piano man here. What a called shot. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. That was also like his first big hit, right? Yeah. So he was like, yeah, I am the fucking piano man. Yeah, I guess this is kind of my first big hit and you will know me as piano man. Yeah, exactly. And when he sat down to write that, he was like, do you know what's actually really relatable that everyone probably wants to sing about? Me being the best. Yeah. That or he was like, all right, I got to write a song. I'm at a piano and I'm a man. I mean, there's a huge chunk. I mean, of, right from what you know, right from what you know, there's a huge chunk of the song, like a, like a whole verse that is basically like, hey, guys, everyone is telling me that I'm actually way too talented to be playing this little bar. But here I am helping these plebeians. Yeah. Frankly, it's not that different from the Carbonaro effect in terms <laughs> of just calling his own shot. <laughs> so, Paula. Yes. What? is something 
that you find cozy and comforting <gasps> that other people would be like, no, that's gross or oh. weird. <sighs> I'm worried that the answer is disgusting. It will make nobody look at me the same. That's all right. I think we're all about being sincere here. I think that like what is very comforting is like, uh, like preening yourself. Do you know what I mean? Like little pore strips or plucking your little eyebrows or, or like, like a like little Q-tip. Getting all the like various fluids and humors out of your body. Like just honestly, just cleaning the gunk out. <laughs> cleaning the gutters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just cleaning the gutters. God, I, I get that. Yeah. I get that. It's definitely gross, but I get it. Yeah. There's something to the like... You have a pore strip. I've only done it once or twice. But like, you're like, there can't be that much oil in my body. I'm healthy. But then like, this, you see the like mountain range of oils that you've pulled out of your body. And you're like, kind of impressed at the same yeah, time. Yeah, like you're like, I, do you want to? Pore strips are such an... So people, I mean, I, I was thinking everybody knows what a pore strip is. But if you don't, there is, um, it's like this, Bior makes them. It's like a strip that you put on your nose that it's essentially tape and you put it on wet and then as it dries, you then rip it off your nose and it is filled with the, with the disgusting bits that are in your pores mm -hmm. and you put it on and one part of you is like, I'm actually so clean that there's like really nothing in it. And then the other part of you wants, just wants it to be the most disgusting thing you've ever seen because it feels <laughs> so satisfying. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I totally get that. And I, I'm kind of convinced it's one of those like fake things, you know? What do you mean? Like it doesn't actually, like it pulls stuff out, but it doesn't actually help. Yeah. Uh, but I'll keep doing it till the day I freaking die. Yeah, sure. Cause it makes you feel happy. Sure. Uh, what's yours? <clears throat> so, uh, all right, well, let's get earnest. Um, you know, those bags of frozen French fries sure. that you can get at the grocery store. I'm familiar. Yeah. And like you cook them in your oven and they're either completely over crunchy and like bad and yeah. kind of burnt or they're too floppy and flimsy and yeah. there's no in between. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you think they're going to taste just like fries from a store, but they do not. They or from a restaurant, but Yay. they do not taste like fries from a restaurant. Yeah, yeah exactly. I'm familiar. Um, so, A, I like those a lot. Mm -hmm. I like making those for myself. But mm -hmm. B, I also have a, a penchant for uh, just no. while they're still frozen. No. Grabbing one or two out of the bag and just popping them up oh. down the gullet. Just chewing on a couple frozen fry guys. Josh, I don't want to yuck your yum, uh, but gross. No, it's it's <laughs> that texture seems like it would be the worst thing. No, it's the it's the best because it's ultimately very confusing, and that's why it it doesn't pass the threshold of being gross or grating to me. It's like it's the equivalent of like, have you ever like dropped a pencil on the ground and then like rubbed your move it under your foot back and forth yeah. and like because it makes some kind of weird vibration to it yeah it's like both unsettling and you can't stop yeah it's like that but for my mouth and my teeth because those fries are already kind of cooked right yeah they're like par cooked i think and they crunch yeah oh i can't do that <laughs> I can't do that. Can't do but that. I think there is something to be said of like, uh, like sometimes what feels cozy is stuff that's absolutely disgusting because humans are just a bunch of trash bags. Yeah. Like I could understand, like I generally use, um, 
I generally use plates and bowls, even if I'm just I live alone. Sure. But there, I have friends who are like, it's just easier and safe and to just like eat over the pan. Yeah. And I'm like, you're a. We have civilization for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> but also, like, if that makes them happy, that's totally when fine. you're by yourself, all rules go out the window. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I. <laughs> uh, so would you say that's your comfort food is a uh, frozen French fries? No, I don't think it's my comfort food, but it is amongst the things that sometimes I eat when I'm trying to be cozy. Uh. Paula, when you're getting cozy, do you, um, that's a weird way to put though. Cause like getting cozy has connotations as opposed to like, yeah. um, if you're in a state of coziness, mm-hmm. are you in loungewear? No. Like are you talking, we're talking robes. No. We're talking uh, slippers. No. We're talking, uh, I don't know, those hats, <laughs> the long sleeping caps. Oh, uh, no, but I am in a long sleeping cap. Yeah, that, that part's accurate. <laughs> uh, no, I actually do think, like, for me, the comfiest clothes is, like, jeans. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Uh, I Like, I don't like to wear, like, yoga pants in public or anything like that. Really? Yeah. Yeah. But even at home? I mean, I feel like this is what I'm wearing right now is like, to me, like cozy. Like it's like jeans, jeans and like a turtleneck. Yeah. (laughs) Interesting. Yes, yes, yes. Are you wearing those? So I, mm, I like slippers. Yeah, me too. Me too. I do like slippers. I like slippers and socks Mm -hmm. because I like to have a little bit of like more tread yeah. To what I'm walking feet with. Get cold. I mean, the feet get cold. Right. Exactly. Feet get cold. Body get cold. Body Josh get, get cold. angry. Yes. <laughs> so I like slippers. And I will say, I don't do this like in my own home. But if I'm in a hotel or if I'm somewhere else, like I love just getting into a bathrobe. We're talking the hotel bathrobe? The hotel bathrobe. Or okay. like. Josh, we have to chat about the hotel bathrobe situation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because I personally am worried that we're it's dancing the same line as like airplane pillows and blankets okay which is uh seems like a nice luxury and if you think about it it's gross as hell <laughs> you know it's like how much is that getting cleaned no don't do this to me Paula. i'm ruining it i know You're you got a totally byo bring your own robe <laughs> what a weird thing to pack in a carry-on to take i uh, i mean it just I think uh, I think that we like to assume that because things are folded nicely that they're clean. <laughs> and I think that's maybe a flaw of the human design. Uh-huh. Uh, but no, I don't think they're really washing those robes. And I certainly do not think when you're on a plane and they give you a pillow and blanket that those have been washed anytime soon, right? Probably. I guess in my mind they were always single use, but that's terrible. That's horrible for the environment. <laughs> There's like a pile of blankets somewhere in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean on fire. <laughs> well, they just open up the door in, in, <laughs> in planes and they just send it down. Yeah. So so we're saying it is acceptable to use those things that places give you. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Because like the loungewear there, I like that. I like... Um, I'm a sweatpants guy. Okay. I do like being able to be like, that was my work clothes and this is my home clothes. Yeah. Not that I have to dress up for Day work. Day to night. Yeah. But actually, <laughs> but being able to have the the difference there, be like, I'm going to put on some joggers. I'm going to put he on. Loves a, he loves a jogger. <laughs> but being able to do that or like for me also like a hoodie mm-hmm. on the top and shorts on the bottom. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> it's the best. It's the best because my legs don't get cold. My arms get cold. I think I've talked about this on the pod before, but I'll bring it up until the day I friggin' die <laughs> that 
short on the bottom, long on the top is the best combination for coziness and comfort. I'm cold all the time. <laughs> is that why you... I can never wear a turtleneck, though. I really don't like turtlenecks. Why? It's too constricting for mm. me. Like, I know people... Some people feel very cozy in them. Like, you are self-described as being cozy right now and you're wearing a turtleneck. Um, but it's just it's just too constricting for me. When I was a kid, I had a big phobia of them. Mm. Yeah, I would uh, freak out. And I was a kid in the 90s, so that was primo turtleneck time. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I thought you were going to say I was a kid in the 90s, so I primo anxiety time. Hey, uh, both of those. <laughs> primo anxiety time now. Um, Josh, but just thinking of uh, just thinking of like being cold, I was reading an article in my beloved Bone App uh, magazine. Bon Appetit. About how the new thing is restaurants giving people blankets. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This happened yesterday. I was at, um, I was sitting outside at Lula Cafe. If you're in Chicago, Lula Cafe is really wonderful. It's, it is wonderful. Um, and there was a, a blanket on every seat. So you could put the blanket so around your shoulders. So then you're supposed to put it around you? Or over your shoulders if you get cold, but you still get to be outside. You were sitting outside? Yeah, I was sitting outside. It was like 60 degrees. If you need a blanket, go sit inside. No, be outside. It's Gotta all get about... food on that blanket. Paula, it's about that opry ski lifestyle. Well, I think that uh, because we were, um, we, spoiler, we Googled cozy to see what came up and so much of it was restaurants yeah and there is that like weird like um you know like create like a like a company or a a, you know a business creating a cozy environment that feels nice and not gross yeah sure you know what i mean yeah it's a very fine line between being cozy and um the yiddish word for it is hamish okay what's that mean cozy and like down to earth okay and like like down to earth and like not um like not pretentious. While like it can a cozy place can very quickly become like, well, this is nice, but I can't touch anything. <laughs> uh-huh. Or it can very quickly go to like this is like kind of run down. Yeah. <laughs> Depending Cozy's on which like, side of cozy you're cozy on. Cozy has to be that exact sweet spot. Yeah, right. Because if it's too fancy, it's a problem. If it's too run down, it's a problem. Yeah, like I would say too fancy and, and let's just talk restaurants here. Sure. Too fancy is it's too dark and there's too many candles. Yes, but there you should know? be some candles. There should be some candles, but when there's too many, then it's like, ugh. Or only candles and you can't actually read the menu. I also, Am I an old man? No, no, no. I think you're right. I think also uh, a thing for me is like, I like cozy and I don't like things that are like, this is romantic. Oh, yes. You yes. Know? It's self-aware. Oh, oh, that makes me feel so gross even to think about it. Yeah, like. Like, you don't want a place that's like, we've created a spot for lovers. Like, that's, <laughs> that's absolutely so gross. That's so that's funny. so gross. That feels like what, like, some, like, you know, like, 60-year-old guy who describes himself as a Casanova, like, lifelong bachelor. Like, that feels like where he's bringing his, like, 20-year-old, like, dates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, like, it's, it's a, just like, I don't want to do this. Yeah, it's a, it's a suspension of disbelief that, the restaurant knew when it was creating it that it wanted to make a cozy atmosphere. Yes. But you have to believe that it was like, oh. This, this whole thing? A, yeah, this is a... Well, and I think that's like like a like like a really fancy new restaurant. Because I think like like an old-timey steakhouse, like that feels cozy in a nice way. But when it's a new place that's trying to seem old. Right. I think for me that's the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a coffee shop is quite often feeling cozy. Yes, definitely. But if it's too fancy, 
I think that's the line for me. And yeah. I would always, always, always pick a place that is run down and disgusting over a place that is like, we have a violin playing sexy songs. Like, <laughs> eh. I just like clean lines. <laughs> I just like clean lines and light wood. That's my. Mm, that's your cozy. Yeah. You like a Scandinavian definition. I do. I, I just go to Ikea whenever I need to calm down. <laughs> <laughs> you just go and lay in the bed. So I have a, another question for you here, Paula. Throw it at me. What's your thoughts questions. on the uh, the fast casual chain Cosi? <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, C O S I with the accent. Cosi. Kind of like a kind of like an Italian version of Au Bon Pain. Uh, now, now I was just gonna say I think that these restaurants are secretly rivals. Yeah. Because it's if you don't know it, it Cosi Cosi. Cosi. Au Bon Pain. <laughs> and prêt au manger uh, are all uh, sandwich places. They have like soups and sandwiches yep. and coffee and donuts or pastries. Uh, and they act like yeah, it's like you could get a, a middling croissant at all of yeah. these places. They act like they're the fanciest places on earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and they're all pretty much the same. It's all like a bacon cheddar cheese wrap. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you can press it. Ooh, in a panini press. I uh, I don't have a lot of experience with cosi, but I used to work above both an obopan and a pret a manger. I worked above a pret a manger at one point too. Oh, it's great. Uh, I would go to the. I felt like uh, obopan was uh, like the cheaper version. It is weird that these three businesses all have the same business model, right? And 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 there seems to be like because like there's a difference between like even coffee shops. Yeah. Right. Like a Dunkin' Donuts is different than a Starbucks, and we've yeah, talked shittier. about this. Yeah. Um. It's it's more down to earth and it's the working man's coffee. We've talked about this. It, but if we go to you know, like, but for example, like a a, a pizza or a caribou coffee is a lot closer to a Starbucks, but it's not the same it's business. It's not the same. Yeah. But these three are interchangeable. Yeah, completely which interchangeable. Makes me think that there are three mob families. <laughs> the Cosis, <laughs> the Obopons, and the Predamanges. Yeah. <laughs> And they're in an internal war yes. of trying to control the like the quick casual like panini game. Yeah, because uh, they all seem to be in the same locations. Right, exactly. Like there's all they're always right near each other. They're like the mattress stores of fast yeah, lunch. Right, yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like it's like, why are there so many? Right, and then like a corner bakery shows up and they're like you're not allowed to do business in this town without our permission. Did, did you pay the fee? Hey, you got. You're not one of the old families. You don't sit on the high council. <laughs> I don't know why they're You've like. You come to me on this the sorry. day of my bread baking. Yeah, right. I guess that's maybe cozy. I think that it's probably like you've come to me <laughs> on the day when I find myself married to another person. <laughs> And you come into my city. Okay, amazing accent. And, and I find you selling bread. <laughs> you think you can just come in here smoking the cigarette? <laughs> smoking the cigarette? I'm doing a lot of object work. Yeah. <laughs> you think you can come in here and get a $4 croissant? No. No. We are the ones with the good bread. <laughs> we are the bon pain. You are the merde pain. We are the one that Cheryl from accounting will wait 20 minutes yeah. for for lunch. The pain. 
and mauvais. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, 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 yes. I, I do think they're, uh, like I said, I do think they're the mattress store of uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. of this. In that, I mean, there's so many. <laughs> there are so many. There's so many. Which one are you going to? I'm partial to ABP. Yeah. Because there was one on my college campus. Yeah. And, uh, you know, sometimes you just... Sometimes you just need to get your fruit cup from somewhere. Yeah, I hear that. I always, I only shop local. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's going to do it for I us. I think that's going to do it for us. Thank you, everyone, for yet another week mm. of letting us just scream into your ears. Oh, we love you. Um, we really appreciate it. We hope you're... You've gotten all bundled up for this episode. We probably should have said that up top, but yeah, if not, well, then maybe you fast forward to the end and then you go back to the beginning because if you, you play this you. on, if you play this episode backwards, it tells you that Paul Paul's is dead. dead. <laughs> <laughs> um, but before we go, we're going to do our weekly segment, our signature segment. Earnest moment of the week. This earnest moment of the week comes from one of our listeners, Megan. And Megan said that she bonded with a teen female suburban target cashier over how loud groups of teen boys suck. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. I love that. <laughs> and it's so true. Oh, they just get together and they get rowdy. They get real rowdy. And not all of them, but you know. Suburban teen boys. Suburban teen boys causing a lot of problems. Having been a suburban teen boy. Were you getting rowdy? I mean, like, maybe if it was after a, a performance. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You were invincible. Yeah. Infinite. Josh, I have one. Okay. And it's very earnest. Okay. Because it's related to the Being Earnest podcast. Oh, my God. This is like Inception. I know. If Don't you die the in the talk. podcast, you die in real life. Uh, um, okay. So a few, maybe a month ago, maybe over that now, uh, we did our Words of Affirmation episode. Classic episode. Classic. Uh, and Everyone's talking about as it. As part of our promo for that, we, uh, we gave compliments out. So yes, people, that, if you follow us on Instagram, we would be like, leave your name here. We'll give you a compliment. Yep. And uh, did that, and my best friend from kindergarten, okay, not since kindergarten, who we follow each other on Instagram, but we haven't seen each other in 23 years. Okay. I moved from Alaska, and she still lives there, uh, commented, and so we like kind of chatted for like a little bit back and forth, and I was like, well, if you're, if you're ever in Chicago, like, let me know. And she said, well, actually, I'm going to be there in October. And uh, fast forward to a couple days ago, I had a, a big show open last night and um, I posted on my stories being like, if anyone, you know, here's like the information, I have a couple comps. And she sent me a message being like, hey, I'm coming. What? And I like peeked through the, the most surreal moment. I peeked through the curtain last night, you know, like you're like seeing people yeah. come. And my best friend from kindergarten in the front row of my show. No. And, uh, we, we like chat, of course we like chatted after and like, it was, it was just like the most earnest, wonderful moment. Like I stepped out and it was just like, it was just like, Stephanie was like my best friend from kindergarten. And she gave me like the biggest hug and we were both crying and like, it was so sweet. And it was so funny because like, I, um, very sweetly. So some of my friends like surprised me there and it was like very weird being like, this is my best friend from 23 years ago. Uh, and like everyone like meeting each other and like. It was just, it was just very sweet and very wonderful. And, uh, it was 
so good to see her and, and hopefully I, I get to see her again while she's still here and that's so wonderful isn't that so wonderful so yeah it was a very like earnest uh, sweet moment yeah yeah as always we want to thank ryan cruz for the wonderful logo if you don't follow her on instagram oh, at rb cruiser yet at rb cruiser she's doing this really funny thing this month um which is I think it's like obituary tober mm-hmm. or something like that. She's writing fake obituaries for like animated and pop culture yes. <laughs> things like Charlie Brown so and the Grinch and so incredible. And and she constantly does amazing stuff like that on her Instagram. And I know a bunch of our uh, our listeners now follow her because yeah. like I see that they that yeah, they yeah. like them too. Uh, it is it is truly like such such worth a follow. So She's, funny. It's so funny. And also Dylan Dutch for our theme song. Yes, He's we love you, Dylan. Dylan Dutch. That's D O E T C H mm-hmm. on Twitter. And until next week, that's the Carbonaro effect. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Thanks, everyone. See you next week. Bye.